Ahoy! You're listening to Diffuse Tap with Kenny Estes and Ayla Krem. Today, we're joined by Igor Ganta, prolific angel investor in emerging technologies across crypto, blockchain, energy tech, and AI. We'll be chatting about crypto and inflation. Is it really an inflation hedge? Are what we're seeing a natural part of a financial cycle? Enjoy. Okay, okay, okay. Welcome back, y'all. Um, hope you had good chats. And for those of you who have no idea what's going on, which I'm sure is a good chunk of you, here's an agenda. This is a weekly event. This is our 121st weekly event. I don't think we've actually maybe missed one in there somewhere. Um, but we're going to briefly talk about Diffuse Tap, aka the event you're at right now, and Diffuse, the firm that is putting it on. And then we are going to have a fireside chat with an expert, Igor. And we're going to do two more rounds of breakout rooms, kind of similar to what you just experienced, because this is a networking event, mostly. We do like you to have a little bit of new knowledge dropped on you, hence the insights version of this. The audience is all alternative investors in some way, shape, or form. Eh, not all, but pretty much all. Um, heavily focused on crypto. If you do like the networking aspect of it, there are also in-person versions of this event. The next one is on October 13th in Chicago, hosted by Jerry. So if you're in the Chicagoland area and want to hang out, get a beer and meet some interesting alternative investors, check it out. Um, but we're going to briefly talk about, oh, Diffuse Tap. Yeah, we talked about Diffuse Tap. And then Diffuse, the reason we do this is we are a fun platform. We launch interesting to us, at least funds in alternatives um, generally tend to be a little more boutique -y. One is a market-neutral DeFi fund doing a bunch of on-chain stuff. And the other one is an index fund that we're in the process of listing if and when we're ever done with this conversation with <laughs> FINRA. So if you have any interest in any of that, let us know and we can fill you in on some more details. But not here to hear from us or about us. You're here to hear from this man. Igor, can you please unmute yourself and introduce yourself? Because I'm really bad at it. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so, uh, first of all, great to meet everybody. Uh, my name is Igor Ganta. I, uh, I'm a proud member of the Fuse. I, I thank, uh, I thank uh, Kenny and Isla for uh, letting me participate in this great group. Uh, my background is in commodities. Uh, I've been in commodities for 25 years, um, uh, kind of professionally, uh, and uh, you know, kind of an interesting time. That's what we're going to talk about today. But uh, privately. Uh, I, um, I'm a very active angel investor. Uh, I invest in, uh, venture rounds of, uh, firms that are focused on everything from FinTech to machine learning to AI. And of course, energy tech, which is my background, but I'm also uh, heavily involved in crypto and blockchain. Um, I, uh, I'm an investor in blockchain companies. I trade cryptocurrencies. Uh, and uh, in between the sell and the buy side, where I am now professionally, I, uh, I actually ran uh, a tech startup, a fintech tech startup that did machine learning and language processing on, on social media feeds uh, to generate signals for traders, um, you know, hedge funds, et cetera, in the um, stocks, currencies, commodities world. And uh, and now cryptocurrency world. So, so kind of restarting that back up again. Uh, interesting times, uh, lots of information out there. So I'm very excited to talk about all the different topics, uh, certainly inflation uh, and its relationship to commodities and crypto and other uh, asset classes in the world. 
Awesome. I will dive right in and start putting you on the spot. Um, it's the first question that we may want to ask is, uh, could you define inflation for us? It feels like there are many definitions roaming around out there, but how, how would you define inflation, especially thinking about you know yeah. how it may have changed even in the last um, 10 years or so, or how we view it? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Everybody used to talk about inflation kind of as a singular term, uh, namely U.S. CPI, right? That's the headline number everybody watches. That's what the Fed watches. That's what the world watches. And um, it's obviously still there. It's relevant. Uh, but and inflation has a lot of different, that particular index has a lot of components. Um, and it, it's very broad based, right? So um, it has everything from commodities and, and, and labor and services and, and everything the like. What's, what's interesting now is, is, is specifically in this time frame, right, is that commodities certainly are contributing to inflation, right? The headline CPI number. But the effects of global commodities right now uh, are specifically um, prevalent in a variety of different um, ways around the world in their own way, in their own way. And what I mean by that is, is to understand the ways in which that they are, are rearing their head. You have to understand pretty much every single commodity because it's behaving in, in different ways. Here's what I mean by that. So one of the things that I watch is energy transition, right? You know, going towards a cleaner world, decarbonizing, meeting, meeting the, reaching the, the, the Paris Climate Accord, right? The two degrees Celsius mark. And those trends preexisted the war, right? They, they were in place. Governments were being very active to try to decarbonize and announce a lot of different projects, goals, targets for build out of renewable energy, wind, solar, batteries, EVs, you name it. That was a mega trend that already existed prior to the war. And that trend is going to have profound implications for specifically the prices of metal. Steel, copper, nickel, lithium, cobalt to some extent, even silver, uh, in order to build all the infrastructure globally that's going to be required to generate electricity in a cleaner way. That mega trend in and of itself is a subcomponent of sort of this headline inflation index you might call CPI. And it, it, in my opinion, it's quite bullish, right? Uh, long-term for metals. What the war did is it accelerated the trend towards not only decarbonization, but with the primary goal of, of, of energy security. And what I mean by that is getting off Russian gas, right? Europe has to get off Russian gas. And what, the way they're going to do it, one of the ways they're going to do it is to build renewable energy to displace uh, gas fire power generation, even even coal, certainly, and, and the like. And so what they have done, and not just, um, you know, we just passed the IRA, right, which is going to have a lot of uh, 
kind of historic amounts of capital being put towards uh, renewable energy. What, what the war did is it only accelerated the trend towards decarbonization because it has this, this added effect of energy security, meaning to get off Russian gas, not to be solely dependent upon a hostile nation for your energy supply, right? Europe consumes half of, of Russian, uh, half of half of the consumption of, of Europe of natural gas comes from Russia. And that will last for a while. We all see the effects. So they pass a lot of packages to not only accelerate renewable energy, but also increase its quantity. So if you look at that subsector, the sort of new definitional component of inflation, watch metals. Okay, so there's metals, and then the Ukrainian war obviously is pushing energy away from Russia. It seems to be in theory. Seems to be some connection here to crypto, which Bitcoin at least is very energy. Uh, well, it's an energy hog, isn't it? Uh, Ethereum, less so as of what, Monday? Where, how yep. does this all come together in your mind? The energy piece, the inflation, and then crypto as a potential inflation hedge, or how does that work into the equation? Yeah, you know, in some ways it's straightforward and some ways it's very complex. And I I watch this very closely. Here's how it's straightforward, right? The narrative out there is that Bitcoin in particular, and I really want to focus on Bitcoin, right? Because that is the currency that has been used to say, oh, this is an inflation hedge, right? Sort of the modern version of gold, the digital gold, okay? and you can't talk about crypto and inflation without talking about gold, right? Which in it is of itself is a commodity. So what the war did, right? And thus far, Bitcoin hasn't been acting as an inflation hedge, right? It's a risk asset. Its correlation with the NASDAQ is like 98%. And people ask why. Why, why, why does Bitcoin fall when the NASDAQ falls and we have a war? It should be rising, and we have record inflation. Why is that? Uh, I think it's because um, Bitcoin, just like gold, is sort of following its natural evolution of how gold became an inflation hedge, sort of in and of itself a narrative, right? Gold was adopted by the market as an inflation hedge because um, the market decided over a period of time that it'll trade it as an inflation hedge, sort of as disaster insurance, kind of a you know kind of a last resort currency that you stockpile in the times of extreme panic fear that it was it was in and of itself kind of a replacement to fiat as a way to barter and actually pay for goods, right? It sounds primitive, but that that was its kind of meaning. And if you look at gold, even gold itself, it in of itself in periods of time does not act as an inflation hedge. You know, sometimes it 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 trades just like a pure commodity based on supply and demand, and you know it has then used demand, right? Electronics, jewelry, etc. But sometimes it trades as as an inflation edge. But for it to do so, it's taken a long time to get there, right? The market trades it, and B, it happens as I've noticed in moments of extreme panic. I mean, tail events, tail event panic. So even during Lehman, 
gold sold off perversely, right? You know, if it's a disaster hedge, why didn't it go up? The reason why is because in moments of panic and, and absolute distress, which Lehman was globally, from a capital market standpoint, uh, any asset got sold in order to raise liquidity, right? Because of the extreme panic, including gold itself. Now, gold proved to be, after the panic, a long-term buy, right? Uh, and, and people who did that ultimately prevailed really well. But even now, so now let's go forward to now, right? We have a war. Inflation is at record highs. Why isn't gold up? Why isn't gold up, right? Even forget about Bitcoin, right? Let's talk about gold. Gold's not up. Part of the reason why is because of the strong dollar. The dollar just hit record highs. Um, and commodities are priced in U.S. dollars, right? In general, right? There's some narrative around oil, you know, being, you know, moved away from a U.S. dollar benchmark. Russia's trying to do it. China's trying to do it. The Saudis are trying to do it uh, to create this basket that uh, oil will be priced in to get away from the U.S. dollar dominance in the world. That will take a long time to evolve. That's a whole separate conversation I can have for Oh, Igor, I think we have frozen. Keep you buying, et cetera. But the, you're chopping um, up a little bit there, Igor. I don't know if your Wi-Fi might be a little bit wonky, wonky. You cut out for a bit there. No, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Uh, yep, yeah, you're back. Yep. Please. Yep, sorry. sorry. So so, so the, the reason why partially why gold isn't going up here is because it's inversely related to the U.S. dollar. In a strong dollar environment, commodities hurt. And that is sort of keeping the lid on gold prices, even though we have record inflation. You have to remember, what's causing inflation is not just demand that came back post-COVID, right? Very aggressive restart, which is, which is kind of a demand surprise. The majority of inflation that's being caused now is, is a supply shock, a record supply shock to commodities that's coming from Russia and the fact that it produces so many commodities in such a concentrated quantity, including Ukraine. I mean, you can't talk about Russia and supply constraints on commodities without talking about Ukraine. It's the same landmass, right? And so many of the commodities that get produced in the world in a large amount are, are produced by both. And there's a disruption to both. So they produce a third of the world's wheat. They produce you know, a two thirds of the world's, you know, uh, uh, you know, platinum, they produce 97 of the world's palladium. Um, and so we, we're in a massive supply shock that's happening right when demand just restarted. So raising interest rates, in my opinion, while it's been the traditional tool to try to fight inflation, you know, Powell raising rates today by 75, some say 100 basis points, it isn't going to stop a war, <laughs> right? Interest rates will not, in my opinion, uh, stop the price of bread from tripling or milk or, or aluminum, right? It's a supply problem, not, a, not, not all a demand problem. Yes, if you raise them high enough, you're going to cause a recession. And yeah, that's going to help alleviate some of the, the, the pressures on commodities. But but it won't stop a war. So, so um, 
Um, the other thing that's happening, which is causing a strong dollar, is Europe is hurting, and their currencies have been have been pressured, which has also increased pressure on the U.S. dollar, and everybody's sort of, you know, buying U.S. dollar as a safe haven against the rest of the world, which is another perverse flow that's putting a you know putting pressure on gold. Last question, Bitcoin. Well, when does Bitcoin become an inflation hedge? Um, I think it needs more institutional adoption because it needs more eyes and sort of a, a, a kind of a combined narrative um, and trading style in, in, in mass, right, which institutions bring in terms of capital allocation for it to be adopted, if, you know, ultimately as a digital version of gold. And I don't think we're there yet. I think we're so early. You know, we're not there. I think we're heading there. I think we're definitely heading there in terms of what I see, in terms of institutional adoption. But right now, it's largely a risk asset. And uh, uh, and I don't know when it's going to become, you know, kind of a gold-like instrument. But but uh, but I, I do think it'll get there eventually. I think with such... Phenomenal depth there. Um, I'll ask a little bit of a simpler question to you. Um, who are the unexpected winners in this inflation scenario as an investor looking at this environment? It could be a, a case of putting your head under the blanket, but um, where should folks be looking for opportunities in this space at the moment? In terms of commodities, crypto, both? In general, in general, uh, from a trading perspective or from an investment perspective, where are the opportunities that you see that could potentially survive, um, you know, another six months or so of uh, of inflation up and down. Yeah, you know, look, I'm going to keep pointing to, you know, the sort of short term and long term, right? Uh, you know, uh, I'm not suiting my own horn because that's what I do. But commodities, uh, I, 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 I personally don't think the war is going to get resolved anytime quickly. I think we're in a a very long bull run in commodities um, in general, but you got to be very specific. Uh, long term, I think, because of energy transition, like I talked about before, long term, you got to focus on metals, um, what I would call energy transition metals, um, just because of, of how hard it is to bring on new supply. Uh, you know, there'll be short term fluctuations and short term oversupply and, and you know, there'll be nuances uh, depending on which metal you're talking about. But as a global macro theme, you know, long term, we need metal in order to build all the renewables that plan to be built. Uh, I like commodities. Um, I kind of hate everything else. Uh, I uh, I think there'll be distress, uh, and, you know, uh, as we head toward winter, um, you know, with no gas, uh, gas shut off. Um, I think uh, natural gas could be explosive. Uh uh, above and beyond what, what what's already going on in Europe, including power, because gas is correlated to power. Uh, I think gas can be explosive in the U.S., uh, depending on uh, temperature here versus temperature there. Um, uh, that's kind of a short-term thing. Uh, uh, natural gas. Um, in terms of crypto, I'm a... You know, I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm not Michael Saylor. I'm not a crypto maxi on Bitcoin. I, I own it. I hold it. I accumulate it. Uh, that's kind of its own thing in terms of blockchain. I, I 
I try to accumulate and I own um, uh, coins that I think are the winners of Web3. And having lived through Web1, as I'm sure many of you have, uh, the majority of them failed. Uh, Dot-coms went to zero, but we got uh, out of that mess uh, long-term a a couple of monsters. I'm trying to bet on those. I like infrastructure plays uh, that are agnostic to front-end platforms, but are the pipes and wires and picks and shovels that will need to be, you know, used to operate uh, blockchain and Web3. I like Chainlink. Uh, I own Chainlink. Uh, um, um, I actually, you know, uh, I like Cosmos. Uh, It reminds me of TCPIP from Web Web 1.0. It's kind of a layer zero. Um, I like certain layer twos. I think they're going nowhere. Uh, Even though Ethereum, you know, went through the merge, I think, um, you know, it's going to be, a victim of its own success it's you know it's just going to attract even much more volume and so uh uh it's going to get congested again it's going to require you know uh off-chain solutions to speed up transactions um in some sense i think ethereum i like it more here than bitcoin uh i think ethereum is actually harder money than bitcoin uh i think it's harder money i think actually ethereum is money uh uh not not necessarily as a store of value but uh like bitcoin uh like gold but i think in terms of uh, value and and you know deflationary mechanics um so Mm -hmm. those are some of the things that i like that's great lots of uh things to go check out there i love a lot of them and that last comment in particular we were talking before you got on um I don't know. Uh, limited supply. There's plenty of things. Limited supply. Ethereum at least has some utility, uh, as well as a relatively yeah. limited supply, or at least a fixed increase. But um, in either yeah. event, we just scratched the surface, and I did a terrible job of getting to questions from the audience. But we do need to go to breakout rooms. We try to cap it okay. about minutes past. Um, Igor, as always, after uh, the next breakout room, we will be asking you to tell us the future. You've already hit on a couple of things. But if there's anything you're excited about, we'd love to dig a little bit deeper into them. Some housekeeping items for the breakout rooms. Uh, they're not pitching, they're networking. Please be kind to one another. And then also, uh, we if you we, we don't send out a full list of participants, so swap details then and there, or join our Telegram group. Introduce yourself there, ask for something. The audience is really good about networking in particular, because that's what y'all are here for. Yeah, and Kenny, if I may just say one last thing to kind of wrap up, uh, I just want to make sure everybody... Uh, uh, understands that, uh, you know, everything I spoke about today is kind of my, my opinion, my views based on everything that I see. So it's, uh, I'm not wearing any official hat today other than a diffuse member and a, you know, fellow investor and, you know, and, and the like. Awesome. Good note. Good note. Isla, are you ready with breakout rooms? And you are muted if you are trying to speak. Of course I am. Um, I will pop you into breakout rooms in just a moment. And, uh, and that's what we'll talk about today is just continuing on the topic. Uh, if you were had to buy an inflation hedge today or something that you believe will make it out in one piece uh, at the end of this inflation drama, um, which asset would that be? I'll pop you into rooms now and uh, we will see you back here in 10 minutes. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Our room did not even get through introductions. We nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. But hopefully y'all got good conversations in yours. Uh, Igor, as threatened, please tell us the future. What are you excited about other than the price of metal uh, with the with the war? Uh, what do you see coming down the pipe? Maybe something the audience hasn't heard of. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. Talked about metal. Uh, you know, 
talked about Bitcoin, uh, mentioned a few coins that I like. Um, uh, you know, uh, obviously CBDCs uh, are coming, will happen. Uh, you know, another theme that I talked about in terms of, uh, you know, uh, global capital flows and, uh, you know, China's ahead of everybody in terms of uh, their CBDC and, and uh, digital money, I think, uh, is in the cards, if anything, as a defensive maneuver to try to prevent, uh, you know, uh, an imbalance in capital flows uh, to countries that have digital versus ones that have paper fiat. I uh, uh, wish the U.S. would hurry up. Uh, you know, uh, there's something like 87 countries in various stages piling CBDCs. Um, and uh, there's, uh, again, you know, there's going to need to be infrastructure to support that, uh, uh, whether it's private companies that, you know, uh, I'm looking at, um, uh, sometimes don't have access to those, but, uh, you know, cause they're later stage B C round, uh, and, and, you know, or for the likes of the Andreessen's, uh, but, uh, I try to focus on, you know, infrastructure plays that help support the, the plumbing, the plumbing, if you will, uh, of, of web three, uh, NFTs, uh, a very big, uh, very big fan of them. I, I'm an investor in in some NFT uh, blockchain companies, uh, uh, not from a perspective of just marketing uh, techniques, but from actual infrastructure plays. Because again, that's uh, it, it's just the digital recordation of of events, events, and specifically they're linked to real world items, so art, jewelry sneakers, collectibles, um, you know, proof of authentication and provenance on chain are things that I like. Uh, and whether you call it an NFT or a digital certificate of recording a mortgage <laughs> and all the all the paperwork that it requires to buy and sell a home, uh, that is its true utility, I think. Uh, and that is the long-term future, I think, of, of NFTs. Uh, and yeah, you get the added benefits of, you know, all the different features you can, you can, you know, uh, use NFTs for, uh, uh, rewards, uh, in-game, you know, monetization, you know, marketing, branding and all that, uh, that, that, uh, so I really like NFTs for that reason. That's great. There's a lot yeah. that you touched on. So yeah. I mean, CBDCs, yeah. digital money, NFT yeah. infrastructure. Yeah. There's, there's oh, one of- more thing. One more thing, and I think it's related. Tokenization of everything. Tokenization of everything and fractionalization. Money, uh, you look at FTX already, you know, uh, equities are being tokenized, real estate, um, uh, you know, uh, art, uh, fractionalization. You know, I, I'm not rich enough to buy a Picasso, but I'll buy one ten thousandth of it uh, uh, as an asset class, right? There's a uh, uh, there's a, a art company that does that. I'm trying to remember its name. I'm blanking. Um, uh, that does fractalization of art, uh, kind of without, without blockchain, but there's going to be a few that do that. And then, you know, any, any hard valuable asset and also tokenization is a way to get financing, right. Uh, for the underserved, the underbanked, right. You own a house, hard to get liquidity, uh, really hard to get a loan from a bank, but you know, you, you fractionalize, you tokenize or fractionalize and all of a sudden you could do, um, you know, high yield borrowing against it and yield farming, you know, you put it out into the ether, if you will, pardon the pun. 
<laughs> I will pop you into rooms and this is actually a really good place to 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 um, get the conversation going in the breakout rooms just once again. Um, you will hopefully be with a brand new bunch of folks. And I'll give you another topic here. Maybe we'll, we'll get back on the fractionization conversation. Do you think that that is something that is actually going to come true? Um, fractionizing of everything is going to be the utility of it that's going to be valuable, or is it still a buzzword for now? I'll pop you into rooms now, and we'll see you back here just before the full hour. All right, Coolio again. Welcome back, and we are doing to do those weren't words. We are going to do a quick wrap up, um, and then let you out of here right on time, hopefully. Uh, so let me find the. There's the slide. Here's what's up next. This is a weekly event. Next week is all about digital identity. Um, this is a whole new area. Not, not new. Uh, Soulbound tokens is a super cool, fun thing. And then there's all sorts of other variants thereof. Again, if you like the networking aspect of this event, check us out October 13th in Chi-Town, hosted by Jerry. And uh, do join our Telegram group. Introduce yourself. Um, ask for connections. You'll be you'll be pretty surprised. Ms. Cram, as always, what did I miss? Those were the things. Thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate your time and digging such a serious topic uh, nonetheless. And Igor, thank you for your thoughts and lots of good leads. I think I'll listen through. We'll uh, give people about, you know, a hundred different things to go research independently. So thank <laughs> you very much for uh, for sharing some of your wisdom. No, no, I appreciate you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Kenneth. Thank you, Ayla, for having me. And really great to meet the folks I'm in and break our rooms. And I you know, just love, love this community. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks again. And, and as I always say, it's been a while. Oh, you know each other from former life. Love it. Oh, from yeah. way, way back. Ah, oh, okay. Wow. You'll have to uh, put the whole story on Telegram for everybody to read. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you better get ready to duck, Igor. I always tell the yeah. truth. I'm kidding. <laughs> awesome. Well, awesome. Uh, see and you all shortly. And thank you so much for coming. Indeed. Thank you, everybody. Does, uh, this doesn't work without right. you all. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you as Have usual, Kenny and Isla. Right, thank you, Bye. Bonnie. Bye. Have a good one. That's all, folks. Hope you learned something new. If you join us on Zoom every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Central, you can also network with other fascinating alternative investors from all over the world in small groups of four or five. Learn more on our website at www.diffusefunds.com. Until next time.